0: Steve Edison here for the Movements Podcast. Today, we're talking to Jeff Sundell. For 10 years, he was a Movements Catalyst in North India and Nepal, now he's based in North Carolina, where his vision is for the whole of the United States. I began by asking Jeff how do you introduced disciple-making movements to existing churches and believers.
1: Yeah, um, I think the first thing we really hit on, um, and this is, I talked to four or five, well, probably five or six guys yesterday, just to sort of, hey, give me a little input, um, and just because we're getting a lot of breakthroughs actually with the the church in general um, at large. So the first one I think all of us agreed on was envision, just how key that was, and I, I think the first thing that uh, actually Jared sort of pointed out is he's just noticed in the U.S. There's not a big vision, you know. So if you ask, hey, what, what would it take to see some success? The vision is really low and, and just really very achievable, not really a God-sized vision. So I, I think that was one of the things that really hit us. So when I was talking with Jared and Chuck, and uh, Chuck said one of the things he's been doing is he said, he's been starting out when well, he starts with the church. He said, hey, let's just take a look at Acts 1-8, and let's just ask the question, if this was really to happen, if this was really to be fulfilled, um, what what needs to happen in the next, what are five things you need to change? You know, five things maybe you need to stop doing, but what are some things you need to start doing to adjust if this could really happen? And, um, you know, and, and when you think about that, even that Acts 1-8 example, you um, you really, the, these guys waited on the Holy Spirit. They sort of waited on God to give them that that vision, waited on them to get them prepared. And then in 40 days, you know, just because God set them up, they're on Pentecost, the ends of the earth actually got to hear the gospel. You, you know, and there's a very similar picture right now in our cities in the U.S. is we live in a situation right now where the ends of the earth are in the cities. And so as the church begins to embrace this idea that we need to do something about this. This really, it sort of hits home because it goes, man. We need to realign ourselves with what God's doing. So we need to, we need to have a vision that is that that kind of God sized vision. And the other one, of course, is um, Acts nineteen eleven. You know where Paul says, "Listen," he said, um, "You know, we preached the gospel. All of Asia Minor's heard it. Now he, you know, he's he's not gone and done all of it." But essentially, in two years, he's saying an area of about 15 million people have heard the gospel. And, and so we say, you know, hey, this is, this is in the Bible. What, what about us? And so the really cool thing is we begin um, West Palm Beach, uh, First Baptist West Palm. Uh, they have a vision now to reach 1.4 million people. They're going to tra- train up 500 t for t trainers. Um, they have a, they're mobilizing their laity and mobilizing the staff to do this. And, you know, that's just, that's a God-sized vision versus, hey, let's see a couple hundred baptisms. We're now talking about not what's it take to grow the church. We're talking about what's it take to reach a community. And so there's been, you know, just little things like that. And, of course, I think you've interviewed Chuck Wood, you know, and their vision is, I think it's 2020. So uh, 2,020 churches uh, by 2020, you know, and, um, you know, so God's doing these, you know, men are getting these God sized visions. So I think that's one of the big things we're seeing with the church hmm. is that picking up that vision. So I think that's really one of the first places that it has to start. And so Jeff, that, that means, you know, if you're
0: coming in to talk about training and making disciples, multiplying disciples, you've got to raise some a level of discontent. By, yes. Let's look at our community, and you're saying it's both. Um, just overall, we're not reaching people, but it's also look. God's bringing the world to our community.
1: Yeah, both and You know, and I, and I think that that even just shapes the picture of lostness so much more in our cities when we really think about hey, we're, we're not even doing well among the Anglos. You know, what about the rest of the world? And and we're even, you know, we're really not having an impact. And so uh, that's really helped, you know, the, well, one, the vision side, but just, just the embracing that we need to be involved in impacting lostness. And so we're just seeing, you know, what I would call sort of, I've just been trying to just say the church at large, but the church at large, um, as they've been adapting this, their their vision has increased, and um, that's really been key, because if that vision increases, and we're at a God-sized task, now we're talking about mobilizing the whole body, uh, not just part of the body. Now, I, I will say this, as, as we do this, we do know, we say, listen, guys, let's also not blow the church up. Yeah. So we just yes. really encourage them, say, hey, let's have a God-sized vision, but now let's start an experimental zone. So we always, you know, we've talked about this before, but the key of, you know, let's get a few folks out doing this and let us go. And here's another big thing we've learned. Um, This is in the USA, the strategy, the whole thing. But we found it's key to get out with people early on. So we really have just gotten to where we do a lot of modeling now. So as we're training a church, we're actually going out in the community with them. And so Troy Cooper's been down at West Palm, and he's been going out with the guys in the community. So he's he's training them, but he's also doing zero to one with them and helping them get started. And we're just finding that's that's key. That's that's been key everywhere we've gone. Is when we've we're still training and we're training like crazy, of course. I mean, we're training a lot of folks, but. But taking them out, showing them what a house of peace looks, showing them how to have a conversation, demonstrating how to share the gospel, and demonstrating the power of the gospel. You know, that it's not our, our wits, it's not our you know concise presentations, it's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it's been, uh, that has been a huge transition for us to do much more modeling on the front side um, in, in all settings. And it
0: is part of that because you can you can raise their their level of vision, but if they can't see um, some some early breakthroughs, some lives changed, then they are not quite sure if this is for real or not.
1: Exactly, and mm-hmm. and, and when they see it, you know, um, I can I can think of an example. Troy had trained uh, one of the staff members. Uh, share his story, Jesus' story, and then said, go out and do it. Well, he he actually went out and did it and f- ran into a young Haitian kid right there in his community um, in West Palm. And he immediately led this young man to Christ, um, shared the gospel with him, led him to Christ, and then immediately trained him how to share the gospel right there on the spot, you know, because our, our mantra is sort of within 48 hours, share the gospel. And then this young guy is now equipped to start going out and share. Well, that that was sort of a surprise, you know, for, you know, for just in general, most believers are sort of shocked. Well, wow, you're, first of all, somebody came to Christ. Second of all, somebody actually was just equipped with the gospel and even acted willing to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so those types of little things have been really huge game changers of you're right. Connecting vision but with that experimental zone, but you've got the practical modeling and going out and doing it. And so, man, you go to Austin. The guys in Austin are doing this. You go to San Antonio. And we, we've just tried to, across the board, um, make sure uh, that we do this. It just goes hand in hand. Um, so uh, we're working with a little African church in Charlotte um, recently. Uh, they're from about 21 different nations. And so on Wednesday night, essentially we teach – the new story and we do it orally and then we practice it and we do the sword method and essentially most of the three-thirds process. Then we go out in the community immediately right after it. And then they, they've they already, you know, first couple of weeks, it took a while to get in some homes. But we started getting into homes, started seeing people come to Christ and uh, started some of, seeing some of them be discipled. And then after we went out, we came back and then these guys are pumped. You know, because they're going. It's funny they don't call it T for T; they call it TNT. And so they're going. We love this TNT, you know. And so last night I wasn't able to go, and uh, they led another young man to Christ. And the week before, two men to Christ. And the week before, two men to Christ. So, so these are now African, African immigrants. These are African immigrants reaching into an African American community. It's wow. a blast. You, wow. you talk about cultural worlds apart. Yeah. But to see yeah. the excitement and just, and they're just amazed at the power of the gospel and they love loud. They do some really cool stuff, but, um, it's just been exciting. Well, now we're ready to go to the workplace. Now we're ready to take this, you know, into more communities. And, and this is one of those times it's not a big church. There's about 40 there, but we get, 12 to 15 show up on Wednesday night. And they're, they, they've been saying lately, the new Sunday night is Wednesday night. Uh, we are the church that goes out and, bees the, you know, bees the church. So uh, that was uh, not good English, just thank goodness my wife wasn't here. But, <laughs> so, um, but it's been exciting to, you know, that's been everywhere we've gone, as we've gone out and modeled, that, that's that been really helpful. Because there's a huge, the other thing that I think we have to overcome with the church is the the fear factor there's there's a fear of talking about the gospel there's a fear of being rejected there's a fear of of going out and um... we you know hopefully you know down the road we're not gonna have to be doing all the door knocking but sometimes the going out prayer walking door knocking gets us started but then we can transition into our oikos and into the workplace and into our passions with the gospel so yeah. Um, so modeling is huge hmm. big, okay, big so okay. a, a
0: casting a, 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 a casting a, a God vision an end vision um, yes. to, to, to raise that level of discontent and need for change but then um, helping them see right away um, you can do this and, and God's going to show up and change some lives um, what what else are you learning about helping helping churches transition?
1: Yeah, the other big key one, and this is really no different than Asia, um, it's just we're, we're figuring out other ways to do it in America. You've got to have three touches. And when I, when I say that, so I'm starting with a, a Christian, and they want to go and be involved in this. We know now up front we have got to have three touches. So, Sometimes we'll have weekend trainings, like a Friday, Saturday. Uh, We might do a push event, like Fred and Melissa are doing, you know, And so where they go out and do a breakfast burrito push, you know, so they're involved in a push event. And then having some weekly training or biweekly training where they're also getting the t for t process and the three-thirds process, that's a must with the church. Um, We've just not found any other way around it. There's a small percentage, you know, here at once, Mm. but – you know, we were talking about, you know, it's great to have standalone materials. It's great to have, um, uh, things like that. But bottom line is most folks need some coaching. They need encouragement. Of course, as you know, in the first third of the t for t that vision casting is key because that's sort of what keeps people moving and, and keeps them rolling it out where one touch just isn't enough. It, it might let them, one touch might let them go out and win some people to Jesus. It might let them go out and start making disciples for a few folks. But if you get three touches, we have the potential to move into more of a, a generational model. And then if you combine those three touches with down the road, let's say after six months to a year, we get them into a mid level. Now we really up our percentages of moving folks into multiplication. What, what's a mid level? Yeah, well, the mid-level essentially is much, much more of troubleshooting. We're trying to deal with the stockages. So we have, and and one thing is with the mid-levels, we've set the bar high. Um, So this is something a little newer we're doing. Um, So, for instance, the last mid-level we had, first of all, you were supposed to have already had three touches before you came to the mid-level. So that was designed into what all of us were doing, and this was across the country, not just one area. It was... Guys coming in from different areas. So everybody's supposed to have three touches. Everybody coming was supposed to have 100 gospel presentations before they came. So, which over about a six week period, that's three to five, something like that, you know? So, again,
0: what do you mean by 100 gospel presentations?
1: They have attempted to share the gospel 100 times in a, say, six to eight month period. Mm -hmm. And that's, and and the reason why is on our other mid-levels, we've had people show up and say, well, you know, I shared six times in the last six months. Well, that's not going to, you know, obviously move us forward. And so we set the bar high so that we could, you know, sort of get, make sure we got the right folks. Because then we know the attempts match the vision. Mm -hmm. The attempt, you know, if we're going to have a God-sized vision, I need to have a God-sized attempt. You know, I know I don't save anybody. I know I don't cause the transformation of life, but yet my attempts need to match the size of my vision. Mm. So, And then the other thing they're supposed to have done before they came to the mid-level is train some people. And we just said 6 to 25 people. You should train 6 to 25 other Christians. And that really, you know, so it was exciting at the mid-level. I met a couple of folks who were from a local church and this one particular, there were two folks working together, both of them had to be single, uh, and both of them, they had led some Hindus to Christ, they'd led some Muslims to Christ, they'd led um, some Anglos, some Hispanics, they had Discovery Bible studies going on. So, you know, we're, we're sort of operating in both worlds, the Discovery Bible study and the sort of putting the gospel on the front end, and then the other one. So it was so exciting to see those two folks had 17 groups going Mm -hmm. and now you know they're single that helps them do it they're tag teaming working with with a team doing that but these were normal people working normal jobs and they were pumped because you know they're hanging out with Chinese and loving on them and they're seeing transformation and change in life so it really helped in the mid-level, then we could sort of answer some of those questions and help them sort of move forward. Because, for instance, one of the things, and, and here's the big thing I guess we're picking up on in the U.S. that's, to me, vastly different than Asia. Asia, we began with principles and of CPM, so Universal Principles of Church Planning Movements, were sort of the, where we began. We just started in Scripture. Uh, in the U.S., when I started with principles, I bred Confusion. And because I, I can remember, you know, even Neil Perry looking at me just going, what, what are y'all talking about? It was just like we just drank out of a fire hydrant. And it was just way too much. Probably even when I was down with y'all, we probably maybe had too much principle. So what we found in the U.S. is we start off with a little bit of methodology, and um, but we can't stay in methodology. If we're going to get to generational growth, we've got to move to principles. Well, Asia, we started with methodology. Well, we started with principles, moved to methodology. The U.S., we're finding you've got to start with, essentially a methodology you got to say here's what you do here's how you do it let me go show you how to do it and you're just helping them take those steps but if we don't in the mid levels is when we have to move to principle based and we start teaching them the principles behind the methodology that's the way we're going to develop good coaches we're going to develop people who can get unstuck who can keep moving forward to 4g because our goal and everything we we throughout the term master trainer quite a while ago, just because everybody started calling everybody a master trainer, and it just didn't seem to be a very suiting, you know, the term wasn't getting us where we needed to go, so we've gone to where we call everybody, we're looking for 4G trainers, so 4G is the guy who wins somebody to Christ and disciples them, and that person wins somebody to Christ, disciples them, and gets the fourth generation. So if we move to principle-based, we're finding we can help these folks move much more. Um, So we start with methodology, move to principle, and we're trying to move them more to 4G. Just to sort of
0: recap then, um, we've got the vision cast, creates the discontent, the need for change. But then rather than just talk about principles and models, What works well, especially in the U.S., and I I think it would be true in a lot of the Western world, is let's go and do something. And I think because a lot of us have, have, you know, we might catch the vision, but we're not really sure it can happen in our backyard. So you demonstrate, yes, you know, the gospel does change lives. We can see this happen. But then to see movement take place... You've got to find those um, who've been effective in, in sowing the gospel, making disciples, forming groups. You've got to help them go back to principles to understand, hey, we're going after fourth generation disciples, groups, and churches. So this is more than you know, your, your ministry of personal evangelism and disciple-making. Um, this is about movements.
1: The exciting thing is right now in the U.S., and this is probably really needs to be in the latter part of this conversation, but we think, and it's, we'll know in November because we'll have our national meeting, we think there's about 43 streams of fourth generation oh, churches and disciple making groups. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I'm lowballing that, but I, we're pretty sure we're right in that neighborhood. And pretty positive there's 80 plus third stream generation. Groups mm-hmm. and of course you know there's some you know some produce nice one 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 but others you know you get this super spreader and they got eight groups and you know you get you know how that is and um, so we really feel like we're we're getting some you, you know you never figure God out there's a mystery to the gospel there's a mystery of course to what He does but we're we're definitely learning and we're just trying to be essentially humble ourselves and keep being learners and being aligned with where God is going and just keep learning as we go. Failing forward is sort of our motto because our failures far exceed our successes. And any success we have is all about Jesus and really nothing about us. But it's that moment we happen to get aligned. And so it's been, it's been exciting to see that. And um, and it's a great cross section as far as the generational growth in the U.S. because it's not it's not just Anglo, it's not just African American, it's not just the Asians, uh, it's not just the poor. There's there's some elites, I wouldn't say elite, but upper middle class. Yeah. So there's a cross section of generational growth beginning to happen, but that's really helping us redefine that 4G trainer. And so that's become a, it just makes, a gives us a lot of clarity of the type of guy we're looking for in the mid-level is to get to that 4G type person um, that we're, we can help develop. But again, a lot of it's up to God, you know, but there is a side, we have a responsibility and we want to be learners um, in the midst of that. If you'd like to hear some more interviews with Jeff and the leaders he's been working with,
0: go to movements.net. And follow the links to the Movement's podcast. You'll also find there some of the resources he's mentioned. And I should also tell you that this is the first in a two-part interview. Uh, So look forward to hear what God is doing across the U.S. in multiplying disciples and disciple-making churches.